You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. White, the Director for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I am your host this morning, and I have with me Jen DeVoe. Hello, Jen. Good morning. How are you? Good. So we are going to try to co-host this morning from a distance. <laughs> we haven't really been doing that, but we're going to try this time around, right? Yes be interesting yeah because uh, for those of you who don't know when we're in the studio we'll like do hand gestures and stuff so this will be fun to figure out how to do this so um we have with us this morning we're going to talk about um we're going to talk about creative ways in which people are still celebrating the traditions of the season and we have with us um from human dignity and solidarity we have with us miguel salazar good morning miguel Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Would you share with our guests what your role is in Human Dignity and Solidarity? Sure thing. At the Archdiocese, uh, we have the Human Dignity and Solidarity Office, which covers the social ministry of the church throughout the Archdiocese. And my particular role within that is the Senior Coordinator for Immigration Ministry. So we have three ministries in Polish, English, and Spanish to build up parish leaders and teams and resource volunteers in the parish to uh, be the hands and feet of Christ in the community. And what of the ways that have, how have you been doing that during the pandemic? How have you been reaching out to folks in the immigrant, in immigrant community? That is a great question. <laughs> Everything has been changing, as you know. Yes. Uh, your work, everyone's work. Doing ministry uh, in this, New reality is, is difficult, and it's had it's had it forced us all to uh, think creatively uh, to do uh, things a little differently. So we've been focusing on a couple things. Um, you know, our four pillars in our ministry are um, service, justice, leadership, and accompaniment. And we try to uh, support, especially focus on parish leaders, uh, giving them the resources that they need checking in with them, giving the trainings that they need in our three languages, Polish, English, and Spanish. Uh, and so we've been able to do a lot of that uh, remotely mm. uh, through webinars, through calls, uh, doing uh, workshops. We've been, we've, used, we've been used to doing workshops in person after Mass in dozens and dozens of parishes for years. Mm-hmm. And we're actually really... Uh, unique and special in that way, thanks to uh, some, of our, some of the great leaders uh, that started off the immigration ministry, especially Elena Segura, William Becerra, and uh, folks that really got things going, uh, Mary Lou uh, Gonzalez as well. They were able to set up dozens and dozens of workshops, really uh, any given Sunday, you got the Archdiocese of Chicago, especially in Spanish. You'll see immigration lawyers coming in, helping people to know their rights, helping people get driver's license signed up, uh, on people to know their labor rights, all these sort of things, uh, right after Mass. And so our leaders have been, um, you know, itching to do that same sort of thing, and we've been able to do them in a, in a, in a virtual way. So essentially webinars with mm-hmm. immigration lawyers, with the consulates. There's so much, so many resources, resources out there for people that they just don't know about. Uh, our ministry helps to make that connection. Have you and, found uh, it, have you found uh-huh. that, um, I know that in, with other groups, we found that it's wonderful to be in person and to do things very connected, yes. but you've also probably been able to provide a wider group of folks to people because mm-hmm. of the internet. Is that right? You've been able to sort of gather mm-hmm. different folks together? Right. It, it's a, in a sense, it's a, um, like having a bigger net mm-hmm. in a way. You know, Christ calls us to be fishermen fishers of men, fishers of, of human beings. And in a way, the Internet helps us to have a bigger net. Um, but in, in another way, too, there's there's folks that 
unfortunately aren't able to plug in the same way as it when it was in person. Yeah. Folks that maybe live in the neighborhood, but they don't have access to internet, or they're not used to it, they don't feel comfortable. So we are uh, still finding ways, though, to reach out to people. We do phone calls. Um, part of our ministry is uh, accompaniment. So we have our parish teams that make, like, um, essentially calling trees, checking in with people in their neighborhoods, calling in, hey, how's it going? How's it, uh, how are you doing maybe with your um, with your housing, with your status, whatever's going on? Can we help you from the church? We're calling it from the church, right? Mm-hmm. Calling it from the, the ministry. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way. Um, but, of course, um, nothing nothing replaces being in person. There's yeah. something just uh, beautiful mm-hmm. about that, of course, the human contact. Christ appearing, you know, uh, to his disciples in person uh, brings that consolation, brings uh, so much that virtually we can do a lot, but uh, we're looking forward to certainly the days we can get back together. Excellent. So the reason that we invited you on was to talk a little bit about the upcoming Posada. It's the 15th annual one, uh, going to look different. Uh, Could you explain to our listeners what a Posada is just for grounding and then talk, we can speak specifically about this Posada. Mm -hmm. Certainly. So Posada as a word, it's a, it's a Spanish word that refers to lodging or, um, like a, uh, accommodation, posada. So, and a the, place the to stay, why, right? That's right, and it refers to um, Joseph and Mary's search for lodging, right? When they came to the town of Bethlehem to give birth to baby Jesus, right? That's when uh, we got to take us back to the colonial period in Latin America, when the Europeans, especially the Spanish, were um, teaching the native peoples and uh, about, about the faith. So they had the evangelical process uh, carried over from the medieval period of doing plays, theatrical performances, mm-hmm. uh, the, these kind of devotions that involved the whole neighborhood. So you see a procession walking through a village, and anyone else that maybe is not involved, they look out the window, they look out their door and say, what, what are they doing over there? Let's go join in, right? Mm-hmm. And they did. So you got whole villages joining into these things. And essentially, it's a procession that reenacts that journey of Mary and Joseph looking for posada, looking for lodging, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of dramatized. So uh, it's all like a moving play, it's and a, everyone play gets to participate. Yeah. Got it? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. the traditional posada. So there's carols, people dress up as Mary and Joseph. Maybe there's a donkey, um, little kids maybe dress up as shepherds, stuff, stuff like that. Um, really fun. When it's in person, and you see it in the traditional context, it's so beautiful and engaging. Uh, and at the end, well, and I'll, I'll take you to step by step. So there's, they set it up beforehand, so they say, all right, a couple houses along the street. Uh, we're going to knock on your door, and you're, we're going to ask you for lodging. And you say, no, sorry, we don't have any room. So we'll be sad, and we'll go to the next house, and they'll do the same thing until we finally get to somebody's house, or sometimes it's the church. just depends how they set it up. And uh, we, we plan ahead that they will let us in, and then we'll have a big party. And that's where, um, of course, this is where one of the great traditions of, of Latin America, especially Mexico, comes into play. The, the piñata is very prominent in the oh. celebration at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. And originally they would set it up, you know, the piñatas would, uh, would have seven horns or seven uh, cones that symbolize the seven uh, deadly sins. And so you smack the piñata, you destroy the sin, and out comes, you know, joy, candy, whatever, fruit, whatever it might be. But <laughs> that's the posada, the traditional, you know, um, colonial period posada. And it still lives on in many places today. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right. what, what time of year is it? I mean, it's Christmas time, but what day is it mm-hmm. typically held? Before, uh, before Christmas, usually they have uh, a novena of, you know, nine days mm-hmm. before Christmas. And in some places, they have a posada every single night. Oh, wow. A party every, every night. night. For nine days, yeah. Wow. And there's <laughs> music and like prayers, this. of course. You know, so it really is a party every night uh, in some places. Um, so that's the inspiration. That's the Latin American richness, this, this joy in gathering, this joy in the, the really festive, making it festive, making the celebration of the faith really festive and community-oriented. And something that anyone can join into. And again, it, it was evangelical in the moment of that when you have a society set up like that, 
people are hanging around in a village setup, the plaza and the church in the middle of the town, it's perfect because yeah. everyone can see what's going on and they're going to join in and then maybe they stick around for the prayers probably and they stick around for you know the church and the mass and everything else that happens. So that's the inspiration for our posada that we um, developed. And yours is for immigration, a journey for immigration reform. Yeah. So that's, that's right. the root of a posada. So tell us mm-hmm. a little bit. Now, this is the 15th annual posada that's happening yep. on December 18th. And we'll talk a little bit more about how people can engage. But share with us a mm-hmm. little bit about what this journey for immigration reform is and where its roots mm-hmm. come from. Sure. So the immigration uh, reform is, is a big term. It means a lot of things, a lot of different people, but we're specifically referring to the, uh, the bishop's initiative that was begun 15 years ago, in 2005, um, when there was some hope of legislative um, overhaul, really, of the uh, immigration system in the United States. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, didn't work, didn't pass. And we're still Lots talking about it today. Yes, go we're ahead. Still about it today. So it, it's, a great, it's a great tragedy that... Mm. Uh, the United States, being a nation of immigrants, cannot find a way to to make this happen because all of our ancestors came here from somewhere else. Everyone did. Uh, and so we immediately connect this tradition of the posada with the immigrant journey, right? So the posada, of course, is Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus looking for lodging, looking for a safe place, right, to stay. It's the same way uh, with the uh, Speaking of it um, spiritually, right, the immigrant community, many of them in this country are Catholic, bringing the gifts of faith, bringing these traditions, bringing family values, and coming into this country, uh, looking for Posada, knocking on the door, right? And it's really Jesus in disguise. You know, we know from Matthew 25, Mm -hmm. right, the things you did to the least of my brothers you did for me. Lord, when did we see you, right? When I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was a stranger, you know, you did it for me. So we're taking it uh, from that perspective, and we're saying, all right, well, what if we offer up a posada in downtown Chicago, knocking on doors symbolically, getting rejected symbolically, and then finding our home in the church mm. and having a fiesta? Beautiful, a beautiful thing. It's been going on for 15 years, downtown Chicago, at 7 a.m. in the morning, um, usually on, I think, the third the third Friday in month of December is when we've chosen to do it. So uh, it's this Friday, December 18th, right? That's right. That's right. Right. This Friday, December 18th this year. And this year, it's, uh, it's been pre-recorded. So we have we've had to do it uh, with a very small group uh, doing the recording uh, just on the streets of Chicago in our same path that we've always done. Um, and we've... Um, just recorded it with the, with the Archdiocese and film crew, processing it these days. And then on the 18th Friday, it's going to be essentially released, published uh, on the Internet. And there'll be a chance for people to uh, participate at uh, 7 a.m. still on Friday morning. But it's also going to be being up there. You know, the recording will stay up there forever, you know, on uh, online, YouTube, Facebook. So it'll be, um, there'll be a rosary of people to join in. Will that be uh, live or? And that'll be live. Okay, right. so you're going to have a pre-recorded component mm-hmm. on Friday morning, but you will also have a live stream component on Friday morning at 7 a.m. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Exactly. Great. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be mm-hmm. back to continue our conversation about the 15th annual Posada and how folks can get involved. When you think of the word neighbor, warm and friendly thoughts come to mind. Think of smiles across the yard, positive wishes, and looking out for one another on an ongoing basis. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund inspires all of these and much more. We've seen an unprecedented number of requests for assistance this year from people who have never needed help before. When you make your gift to the Neighbors in Need Fund, you are igniting hope in the lives of your most vulnerable neighbors, especially individuals and families who continue to struggle to put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. 
Your gift will give them the resources they need to overcome the unexpected, very serious circumstances in which they find themselves now. Give online at catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6087. That's 312-948-6087. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund. Thank you for helping build a world of kindness, one neighbor to another. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. Catholic churches respond as the need to feed the hungry surges in the COVID-19 pandemic. Pope Francis's new encyclical and the call for mutual respect for all cultures. And a local priest ready to run even when the Chicago Marathon is canceled. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here, if you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951 anytime, day or night, and you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Welcome back to On The Way. This is Beth White, your host this morning with Jen Delvo, our co-host. Hello, Jen. Hello again. Hi. And we are speaking with Miguel Salazar, who is the Senior Coordinator for Immigration in the Office for Human Dignity and Solidarity, so here in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And we've been talking about a posada and then the annual posada for a journey for immigration reform that is happening this coming Friday virtually that folks can join in. Miguel, I was just um, remembering back because we are all in the Department of Parish Vitality and Mission together and the group that would come in in the mornings after the posada and every year it would be based on the weather. Um, Sometimes they were absolutely freezing because it was like 10 below zero or <laughs> yep. I was thinking about that and we would yes, have hot right. cocoa or whatever. Yeah. So um, sometimes it gets cold out there. Yeah. It's, you know, Chicago in the winter, December, uh, the people keep coming. I mean, uh, I know we've, we've had big crowds uh, up to 500. One wow. Year. But wow. Imagine that. It's, and it's a it's big walk too, right? In the cold at yeah. 7 a.m. I, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, yeah. It's Just a great memories. kind of devotion and the persistence, the the spirit of faith uh, of the people, and it, there's a reason for that that time at uh, seven a.m. It's it's yes. in solidarity mm-hmm. with the um, the immigrants that are um, typically deported at that time, mm-hmm. seven a.m. in the morning, and mm-hmm. um, so it's in solidarity, you know, seeing the face of Christ in all people, you know. Right. Um, especially those in most need of mercy. So that's the reason, right? And people keep coming. So the what is your hope for this year? You're 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 doing it this year. It's virtually people will not gather. Part of the gathering in person is that sense of solidarity and companionship and things like that. What what is it that you hope to um, convey this year? Right. So right, you're exactly right. This year uh, we will not be gathering in big crowds, like in the past years, we'll definitely be missing that. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a sense of energy and momentum and enthusiasm, um, just being as, as the body of Christ together. Mm -hmm. That's undeniable. Uh, We we won't be having that this year. So we'll definitely be missing the the feel of everybody coming together. Um, Nevertheless, we are hopeful that through this small gesture uh, that we're able to keep the hope alive, Mm-hmm. Uh, as we say frequently in a ministry, keep the hope alive uh, for compassionate immigration reform. Um, it, that's uh, one of the dimensions, one of the messages in this event is, hey, we need to take a hard look 
at ourselves as a country and realize that we're not about um, conservatives versus liberals. That's not the Catholic stance. We're, we transcend uh, conservative and liberal policies and stance. It's not, it's not that. Christ was not a conservative. He was not a liberal. He was himself. He's God. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he can't be classified that way. Mm-hmm. And the church is the same way. You know? mm-hmm. um, we are adamantly uh, pro-life, and we're also pro-immigrant. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't classify that politically these days. Like that's uh, as yeah. an anomaly, right. you know. So, but that's the church. That is that is Christ in the church. So, my hope is that uh, the Posada this year can help people think about these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Help people see, you know, we are not beholden to the political structure. That we are actually beholden at the end of life to love, and we're actually beholden to our family, our vocations, and the call of Christ. You know, Matthew twenty-five. You know, once more. Lord, when did we see you hungry and thirsty? We didn't, you know, we didn't help you. Mm-hmm. I didn't see you all my life. I, I, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, that's kind of in there. Like I, I didn't see you. I said, you know, I was there. Nevertheless, even though you didn't see me, you didn't recognize me. Uh, I was there in, in the least, my brothers and sisters. In another place, right? Um, wasn't it the? Uh, uh, I can't remember where it was, but it must be. I think it's in one of Paul's letters um, about recognizing the hour of our visitation, right? Uh, do we recognize a time when when God visits us? Mm-hmm. When uh, Abraham, right, and the angels, the three angels came, you know, maybe it's the, the Holy Trinity in, in a form, you know, symbolized. Um, he recognized, you know, the face of Christ. There. Can we recognize uh, these days and not be uh, so swayed by fear, swayed by political things? That's, uh, that's under... That's, un- that's in there. That's in the Posada as well. You know, um, can we see the face of Christ in each other? So I would say that that's the that's the spiritual meaning of it. That's the the heart of the Posada. And um, so uh, and there's also a message too that we're gonna keep we're gonna keep at it, even though uh, it's difficult this year. We have to yeah, find creative ways. Well, and at the core of it, right, is prayer. Mm -hmm. And so it's lifting up that um, we're all in this together. And as Catholics, there are no borders, right? Like, it's a universal. Mm -hmm. That's one of the unique things about Catholicism. It's a universal church. And so our brothers and sisters, there are no borders. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ, right? So Mm -hmm. um, as you look for this Friday, what is your hope for people? So first of all, people can— they can. Um, how do they connect? So I know they can mm-hmm. go to the website to um, the pvm.artschicago.org and look under immigration. Is there another way for them to um, to connect? Yeah. Right. So there's two uh, two ways that we're channeling people. One is exactly like you said. Our website on the archdiocese. Uh, we have a uh, let's say a, a rerouting address. So you oh, can good. just type in, you just type in uh, www.catholicandimmigrants.org, and it'll go right to our immigration page, and you'll see the Posada information right there. Uh, you can click on that page, and it'll take you uh, to the uh, to the showing, to the viewing of the of the Posada. You can participate virtually that way. Also, if you're on, uh, you follow us on Facebook on. Uh, um, on uh, Pastora Migratoria, that's the name of our Spanish uh, ministry, Pastora Migratoria, that's Pastoral Migratoria. Do you want to spell that? Sure, that's P-A-S-T-O-R-A-L. Then there's a space, and it's Migratoria, M-I-G-R-A-T-O-R-I-A. And we'll have the link also um, in the write-up about this on the radio um, website, so that will be good. Um, Excellent. You can find it on Facebook, too, uh, and that's when we'll be showing it uh, live, on Facebook Live. Oh, it'll be a Facebook Live. Great. Yep, that's right. And then it'll be shown afterwards on YouTube. You can find it on the Archdiocese and YouTube channel afterwards, too. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So um, you can go to P as in Paul, V as in victory, M as in Mary, dot archchicago.org and forward slash, oh, wow, XV dash annual dash Posada. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's not direct. Uh, 
Anyway, so you'll find it, Immigration Ministry here in the Archdiocese. If you go yep. to the Archdiocesan website, you can find it. If you look just a little bit, you'll find it on the immigration pages under Human Dignity and Solidarity. It's very exciting. And um, what are you hoping? Um, oh, also, if you have questions, you can call. I'll give you a phone number, 312-534-8103. Morrow. Um, is it 312-534-8103 in case you have specific questions? Um, so I'm going to ask you just a quick question. What are your What is your favorite Christmas tradition? Ah, uh, yes. All right. <laughs> well, you know, my family, uh, I have a wife and three little kids. Yes. We've been getting ready for Christmas. We're so excited for it, especially the Advent wreath. I, it's not exactly a Christmas tradition. It's an Advent tradition. No, but it's awesome. It's, it's maybe close enough. It's one of our favorite things. We love after every meal, actually before every meal, when we sit down to pray, we turn off the lights. We light the candles for the, whatever week we're in. Right, so three candles right now. And, you know, third week we have it. So light the three candles. And we sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We pray. It's just something uh, Fun. that raises the expectation, you know? Uh, yeah. So I'd say that's one of my favorite ones. That's favorite awesome. Um, we have up next with us um, Wendy from the Office for um, uh, Office of uh, Divine Worship, and she will be very excited to hear that you celebrate Advent because they do not like that we talk about Christmas this early. <laughs> <laughs> we will share with her your tradition, which she will love. Right, Jen? Definitely. I may have goaded them on by sending them a picture of, you know, my Christmas tree fully up and uh. my nativity scene out with baby Jesus already there. Oh, I mean, no. Baby Jesus is attached to Mary in my nativity, so it's it's an all or nothing option. But. For our listeners, we're directly next door to the Office of um, Divine Worship, and they're very focused on Advent this time of year. And we give them a really hard time by decorating Christmas stuff all around them. So, um, but uh um, so thank you so much, Miguel, for taking the time this morning and sharing with us um, the tradition of the Posada, the 15th annual. Mm-hmm. We really encourage folks, 7 a.m., if you've never done it before, this is an amazing opportunity because you can do it virtually. And the next year, you can actually do it in person. You can get up mm-hmm. in the cold and go do the walk. Um, but this, <laughs> but you can participate in prayer for our brothers and sisters and for immigration reform, and we really encourage folks. So thank you so much, Miguel. Thank you all so much. And have a very blessed Advent and a Merry Christmas. And we'll be back after the break um, with Wendy Selhevy about um, Christmas. Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net.
listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. On the way, this is Beth White, your host with Jen Delvo. Hi, Jen. Hello. Hi, and we are from the Office for Evangelization and Missionary Discipleship in the Archdiocese of Chicago, and we continue our conversation about traditions that we're having to change up because of the reality of the pandemic and how creatively we're still trying to connect with each other to still be the body of Christ. And so, up next, we have with us Wendy Silhavy. Hi, Wendy. Hello, it's good to hear your voices. Oh, so good to hear yours. And we were just telling the story about how you guys are next door to us in uh, at the Meyer Center, but we haven't seen you clearly since March. Um, and we were just speaking with Miguel from um, the immigration office, and he said that his family tradition is to pray every night and light the candles, turn off the lights, uh, light the Advent candles, and um, sing O Come Emmanuel and pray before meals. And I said, I had asked him what his Christmas tradition was, and that's what he said. And I said, wow, Wendy will be so happy to hear it's actually an Advent tradition. (laughs) (laughs) It warms the heart of the Office for Divine Worship to hear about Advent traditions. (laughs) Um, So, but we're going to make you talk about Christmas. (laughs) So, Wendy, um, tell us your title, Wendy. What is your title? So I am the Senior Coordinator for Liturgy and Music for the Archdiocese of Chicago. I know Wendy is our go-to music person, so I didn't actually know your full title, so thank you. So um, I heard a rumor, uh, not so much a rumor, but I heard that you came up with a really creative way, because this year we're not going to have full choirs at churches getting us to sing for a half hour before Mass all of the Christmas carols, and I was a little sad about that when I realized it, when it kind of hit me, like, oh, my gosh, we don't get to do that this year. But you came up with a creative idea. So what have you come up with? Well, I actually have to give full credit to this idea uh, to uh, Cardinal Supich. It was Cardinal Supich's idea. He has seen um, on various media over the last several months virtual choirs from around the country. Because we know that uh, it's just not safe right now to come together, especially uh, singing, Mm -hmm. heartbreakingly, has been one of the uh, things that is is risky behavior during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this year, actually, for uh, Midnight Mass, it will be... uh, somewhat virtual, it's certainly a live liturgy, but with some pre-recorded, especially prelude music. And so to enable many people to participate in a way that we just can't right now in a choir, we put together a virtual choir. That's awesome. From from who's in this choir? So uh, it's one of those great ideas. The Cardinal said, let's make this happen. And so we reached out to (laughs) uh, colleagues from around the Archdiocese and put together a group of 27 people from 14 different parishes. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And it's a group of people that would probably never have the opportunity to sing together because we're far flung, uh, I think, from all the vicariates in the Archdiocese. And just given our um, travel times and busy schedules during other times of our lives, this would have been really difficult. So that's one blessing to come out of this uh, necessity of working remotely is, is putting a group together that wouldn't necessarily sing together so this live. Is, this <laughs> is the midnight mass at the cathedral, right? That will be on yes. television. Is that right? And also, that's correct. Also, it will be online, I assume, like all the other masses. Right, and so the, it'll be on WGN, and uh, they have awesome. a tradition of broadcasting Midnight Mass from the cathedral. This year it will be uh, recorded and then played at midnight, just um, out of safety for everybody, workers right. and everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, but that gives us an opportunity to have a um, half-hour prelude before that Mass that will incorporate um, various good news from around the Archdiocese. I think some 
uh, information from Catholic Charities. Of course, this virtual choir we put together. Oh, that's awesome. And then, yeah, and then some other virtual uh, music coming from some different parishes and uh, schools in the Archdiocese. Oh, that's wonderful. So even if you are able to get to go to Mass, because I know that the Masses are already filling up in a lot of parishes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So even if you um, get to go to Mass, this would be a wonderful thing for you to gather around and watch. Absolutely. And this Mass in particular will really be an Archdiocesan Mass. And so we'll be proclaiming readings and petitions in the various languages we pray in in the Archdiocese. Um, so it'll truly be an archdiocesan celebration. And so will it be sort of framed that it's the choir, but some of it would be a sing-along or no? Like you could sing along at home. (laughs) You can sing along at home. I mean, honestly, the music that's being chosen for this Mass is familiar. Oh, good, good. you would be more than welcome to join in at home singing probably, you know, far more than you can sing (laughs) in your parish right now, sadly, but sing O Come All Ye Faithful and sing the Gloria and um, Silent Night or whatever. Exactly. Yep. So the music that's uh, being used at the Midnight Mass will much of it, most of it be very familiar. um, uh, Traditional carols from around the world um, in various languages again. I went to sign up at my parish for, they opened it up at like 10 a.m. last week one day, and I went on at like 2, and it was all, it was all gone. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, okay. I, that's something I hadn't actually <laughs> thought of. I, um, I'm helping at a parish, uh, someone who had to take a medical leave, I'm, I'm filling in um, music, and they opened up this morning at oh. 9, and I think it was full by 1030. Yeah, so. But that's, yeah. you know, you know, so many parishes are doing beautiful liturgies that they're presenting virtually. Yes. And as we know, that's a, it's a wonderful way to participate this year yes. um, with full support of the church. Um, stay home, be safe, yes. gather your family, um, and, and, and pray together in your, in your own church, in your domestic church. You can do a few. You can go to your local church virtually if you can't go physically, right? You can go virtually. Mm-hmm. And then you could do this, which mm-hmm. is just really kind of fun at midnight while you're you know, uh, waiting for Santa to calm, or once the Absolutely. kids are down, or <laughs> and, you know, I know it's a it's a it's a long-standing beloved tradition in Chicago, and I think this year, because of the fact that uh, there won't be you know a large assembly at midnight mass at the cathedral, this is a chance to participate in that really special mass um, offered by you know our shepherd, the cardinal, yeah. um, for all of us. So. Yeah, Jen, you I, you try to jump in there. What was your question? <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say the other thing that my family's done because my parents, uh, even though they're in the general area, you know, aren't able to get out and about. And my brother and sister-in-law are in Boston with their daughter. And so we sometimes decided we're going to pick a mass that's online and watch it together, especially really early on when there weren't any in person. So it might be something that folks could say with family, even that are spread out and, you know, already planning Zoom calls or things like that. Sure. Just an idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. I haven't gone to mass with my mom at Christmas for probably since I was... In grade school, because I've always been playing someplace, so it would be our chance to go to Mass together. Yeah, and you could talk afterward about the homily or Mm -hmm. um, all those kinds of things. That's exciting. So so we wanted um, to—so we really encourage people on WGN or online, you can watch it or participate clearly in all the liturgy opportunities that are available in the Archdiocese and beyond— But we also uh, wanted to just chat a little bit with you, Wendy, about some of the creative things that you're seeing folks doing, um, and Jen, uh, that what we've learned this year about, this has been a tough year for everyone. Um, None of us have ever lived through something like this, and hopefully we never will again. (laughs) Um, But... What are some of the gems that we've pulled from this? Can you think of anything that you've learned about this that you've um, that you're going to take with you as a lesson moving forward? You know, I think one thing that um, I've really been struck by is the parishes that are successfully connecting with their parishioners and doing great outreach are the ones that move quickly to a virtual presence, to mm-hmm. a strong online presence, whether that be Facebook or their website. Um, and so they're connecting with people not just 
you know, parishioners who are, you know, registered in the parish boundaries, but perhaps people that were members of the parish, you know, that have moved away, or people that are, um, you know, just afraid to walk through the doors of a Catholic church for one reason or another. It's intimidating, but are starting to um, find a home mm-hmm. in in places online. And so that's a beautiful um, mm-hmm. silver lining. I think the challenge for churches will be to, once we are able to be live, to be as welcoming when we are inviting yeah. people physically through the doors of our church. Um, but I think outreach and evangelization uh, that's that's happened online it's nothing we ever thought we'd do or would have wished on anyone, but I think it's been a real fruit and a real blessing. Can I ask you, um, it's kind of, it's, when we go to Mass, um, one of the things that, as a musician, and you are a, um, music is the centerpiece of sort of your identity, right, Wendy? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go to uh, liturgies and people wouldn't sing, right? And it would be <laughs> kind of depressing because, like, like nobody sings. Do you think people are going to have a better, like, a, um, more of a sense of longing to sing after this and to hear voices come together, choirs? You know, and that's like something that? I've really heard. Absolutely. You know, yeah. choir members I know are yes, just of camping at the bit. Nobody yeah. can wait to get back together. Yeah. Um, even their families, right? They, and, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, and it's you know it's a it's a biblical tradition. Sometimes you need a fallow year yeah. to oh, uh, really appreciate um, you know what you have and yeah. and what we'll hopefully have again. And I, I think that's going to be the case with uh, parishes too. I mean, I, I already hear because I do you know kind of travel around a bit and um, especially you know help out or substitute at various parishes. I mean, people are just you know biting their tongues to not sing. And so I think once those masks mm-hmm. come off and it's safe again. Uh, there'll be a real uh, hunger to, to participate. And, and, you know, and again, there's always a challenge that goes along with the blessing. Um, it'll be a real challenge for um, parish musicians and those in charge of liturgy to reform people in the idea mm-hmm. of what full conscious active participation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and right. it's, um, it, it's good work, but um, it's something that will have to be done. You know, right now I hear people saying, you know, Although we're not singing right now, here's why we sing. And so I think we need to continually, um, you know, lay the framework and, you know, build a build a foundation for good participation uh, once we're able to get back to doing that. And hopefully it'll be stronger than ever before because people realize what they missed. Well, and that is that is true, right? We hear a lot about habits and how long it takes to form them. And <laughs> if we've been going to church this long without singing, I didn't think about that, but you're right. There's going to have to be a a new habituation into singing, right? So mm-hmm. that people, like, just because you're not doing it, so you're going like, oh, yeah, right, I'm supposed to. So there'll have to be intentional <laughs> invitation behind that, right? Right. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's something that's I hadn't thought about. And um, so when we come back, we're going to talk, continue to talk to Wendy about some of the things that she's she's seen and Jen, and maybe some ideas of ways that folks can engage um with Christmas and like Jen was talking about the creative way of the family getting together virtually and going to mass together and then sharing that time. So I invite you both during our break to get creative um, so we can <laughs> share with our guests or our listeners, our guests, our listeners after the break, some ideas. Catholic Charities staff members work every day to end poverty and homelessness. We do this on a one-to-one basis with anyone who asks for help. We also work with organizations who study these issues across our city, state, and nation. The Wilson Sheehan Lab for Economic Opportunities, or LEO, at the University of Notre Dame is one of these research centers. Through our partnership with LEO, Catholic Charities has gained valuable insights into scientific evaluation methods that determine the most effective interventions to help people avoid poverty and homelessness. Along with our experience and compassion, trusted research is helping Catholic Charities offer hope and so much more to anyone in need. For more information, visit catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend. 
featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the Archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. Catholic churches respond as the need to feed the hungry surges in the COVID-19 pandemic. Pope Francis's new encyclical and the call for mutual respect for all cultures. And a local priest ready to run even when the Chicago Marathon is canceled. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Catholic Charities Divine Affair home tasting parties are going virtual. This year marks the 20th anniversary of Divine Affair, the elegant wine tasting event that benefits our self-sufficiency programs. Low-income single parents with dependent children are trying to break the cycle of welfare and poverty. Today, the need is greater than ever as the COVID-19 pandemic has left thousands of newly struggling families in need of immediate assistance. You can easily coordinate a virtual wine tasting and help Catholic Charities at the same time. Each guest will enjoy a sample wine kit that includes wine and a guide, all courtesy of Lewis Glenn's Wines. You can gather your friends and family for this fun event or incorporate a celebration for a birthday, anniversary, or engagement at the same time. To learn more about a virtual home tasting party and how you and your guests can win fabulous raffle prizes, call today at 773-756-6937. That's 773-756-6937. Cheers! Welcome back to On The Way. I'm, we are speaking with Jen Delvaux, my co-host, and I are speaking with Wendy Silhavy from the Office for Divine Worship. And um, We were talking um, before the break about, um, Wendy mentioned that biblically um, a fallow year um, helps us sort of ground us in what is really important to us. And I, I hadn't thought about that, Wendy. I think that huh. that's just really sitting with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, I will say that uh, were you guys just listening to the ad on for Catholic Charities? Yeah, um, the virtual wine tasting. Um, <laughs> I like wrote down the phone number. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love the creativity that people are having right now and the ways that um, we're trying to stay connected to folks. Um, you know, even though we're we're um, sort of isolated. I know we can get together a little bit more than normal, but my daughter pointed out for the first time, she's 21, for the first time in her life, she has not flown somewhere. Because oh. every year we would fly somewhere to see family or something, right? And this is the first year she will not have gotten on an airplane. Huh. Um, so really interesting, just, you know, traveling to see family, um, all of those kinds of things um, isn't happening. So finding those creative ways. So what are some things that you ladies are seeing out there that might be helpful for our listeners or just moving into the future? You know, one thing that popped into my mind uh, is something that's happening right now in so many churches, and that's uh, moving the tradition of the giving tree online. Oh, yeah. uh, and that's something, you know, I have to say, uh, it, selfishly, it's something I've loved to do. I mean, I, it, it's so wonderful to take the tag off the tree and go shopping. I don't have a lot of children in my family, so it's fun to shop for a child. Um, you know, and this year, just out of, um, you know, caution and, you know, care for each other, so many of them have moved online. Uh, the place where I uh, worship regularly asks for gift cards, and mm-hmm. so there's a giant box yeah. for gift cards. And uh, another place I saw literally moved it online. It's virtual, and so uh, Amazon wish lists are a wonderful thing, and you're able to send um, right from your Amazon account uh, gifts to people at, um, who, who are in need throughout the Archdiocese. So I think that's been a, a, a lovely and quick transition. I think uh, the Queen of All Saints, is that right? They did a, I saw online that they did a, um, a, a toy drive. You could drive in, um, drive up and drop off your toys. Um, oh, yeah, oh. I thought that was kind of fun, too. <laughs> they, they had pictures of the folks standing outside, and they had a, you can drive up and drop your toys. I thought that was brilliant as well, that mm-hmm. creativity. Trying to still do some of the same things, right? Mm-hmm. We, we talk about that a lot in worship, that, you know, we, we you know, especially like last spring, 
when first Eucharist came around, and everyone, oh, yeah. it was so hard for people to think, but we've always done it this way. Yes, but nothing's happening <laughs> that way this year. So what can we do to make things meaningful in this time? And so I think once people started to shift their, and it's, you know, for all of us, it's hard to shift out of, I've always done it this way. But once you do that, um, it's it's there's been beautiful examples of creativity and generosity. Well, that's when uh, we have a monthly newsletter for our um, building the new reality evangelization leads. And one of the, uh, I wrote the column this month and I, I said, how do we use the reality that we've always done it this way is no longer an <laughs> argument. And how do we use that moving into when we can take our masks off? Like, how do we say, gosh, guys, we were able to pivot and change during a pandemic. How are we going to look at our parish differently moving forward? Uh-huh. Um, that's a gift to be able to be like, well, we all were forced to change. So change didn't like destroy anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jen, you were about ready to jump in. Jen's not in the studio with me, and we usually, (laughs) I was at the top of the um, conversation, Wendy, I said, we're going to try to do this co-host without, like, hand motions. So I just hear her, and so go ahead, Jen. (laughs) Yeah, it it is harder to jump in with, you know, the phone and everything. Um, You know, a couple of the things that I've seen, which, especially because I know for kids that it can be challenging because as adults, we may desperately want to see friends and family and do the things we've always done, but we at least understand why. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that makes it, if not easier, at least understandable. But I know for younger kids, it can be challenging. And I've seen things like um, schools that would normally do like a breakfast with Santa type thing, you know, with maybe like Knights of Columbus doing pancakes. They figured out how to do drive through. <laughs> and so you basically drive through and you get to, you know, kind of wave at Santa and, you know, things like that. And then do you, you get know, pancakes, of, too? No, you know, tragically, I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, now I'm, I'm thinking I might have to, you know, have pancakes later today. <laughs> the other idea that someone that I ran across and it was because somebody forwarded it to me. I, I working from home and being here by myself. When not meetings, I have been playing constant music, and it's just uh, Mm. soothing. It also covers the noise of any neighbors or anything while I'm trying to write or do whatever. And some churches have actually put together Spotify playlists of favorite music or, like, seasonally appropriate and things like that and shared that. Um, And, you know, knowing that people could then listen to you know, the music of the season or just, you know, Christian Catholic music that's out there and it might not be on the radar. And I thought that was a really creative idea because it is something incredibly portable for everyone. Mm. But I got it. And I've been amazed at how musicians have moved online and done, especially as we've, you know, gotten closer to Christmas, uh, virtual Christmas programs and Vesper services and lessons and carols. There's just a ton out there. Uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, you know, uh, uh, do a search for it, uh, check out the website of, you know, local parishes or a parish mm-hmm. you've always kind of wondered about and, and see what they're um, offering. And there's just um, beautiful, beautiful offerings out there. There really are. I think that's what's been so fascinating to me is that in the beginning, there was a bit of a people panicked and those that had the skill sets to go online, they went on or they already were online. It wasn't so intimidating to them. But it has been phenomenal to see the um, the level at which people have started leaning into all the opportunities, oh, yeah. right, uh, and getting really creative and That's- sharing their gifts. Yeah, there's a um, woman. She was actually uh, my predecessor in the worship office, Annabelle O'Shea, who has just completed a, a degree in therapeutic music. Who is mm. offering online healing music. Oh. You can listen, and you can also, uh, as we know, I mean, therapeutic music is so important for people um, who are suffering from illness and disease. Um, it's used a lot in hospitals and in hospice, mm-hmm. but um, right now it's. Uh, you know, she's unable to minister in person, so she's ministering online, and she just uh, opened up a beautiful online studio for healing music. That's amazing. That's wonderful. I um, uh, Our listeners don't know this, but we had a tradition on the De- uh, Department of Parish Vitality and Mission of uh, um, gingerbread decorating uh-huh. contests. Um, <laughs> you can do that stuff virtually. You know, you uh-huh. can uh, virtually... Um, my my niece and my daughter uh, every year would bake uh, 
a cake for Jesus for Christmas. Ever since Megan was a tiny little mm. one, we always do a birthday cake for Jesus to remind us what Christmas is really about, right? And, and and so they, as time has gone by, and my niece is 17 and Megan's 21, it became <laughs> sort of um, a competition, a, like the Great Bake Off. They would <laughs> each do their own cake and decorate. So actually for Christmas this year, I'm sending Abby uh, – a, a mix and all the decorations and I'm going to actually get them to do a virtual one so uh-huh. that they can do it. Um, they don't know that, but I'm going to orchestrate it so they're online together and that we do this like big challenge of the Bake Off like decorating contest. So just a way to try to keep a little tradition alive. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so it'll be fun. So, Oh, that's, yeah. I'm recalling back to Easter when we were really, I mean, we weren't even worshiping in our churches. Oh my gosh, I know. And, um, uh, a friend of mine did a lamb cake uh, oh. baking tutorial and encouraged us oh. all to get out our metal lamb cake pans and um, You'd have to have bake one, along though. with them. <laughs> and so it was, it was so much fun. It was a great Easter tradition oh, that okay. you know we've all either done alone or let it fall by the wayside. Um, but it was a great way to connect with people. You can do that with cookies. Mm-hmm. Jen is a great baker. Jen could do a <laughs> baking session mm. for us, right, Jen? I've heard of a parish school and the little fed program where they have somebody who is a great home baker and did a baking class via zoom for families so that they could Uh uh, log in you know what they would need for ingredients went out a couple weeks in advance so that everybody could have that on hand and yeah it apparently got a huge response from the families in the parish so I think that's a great idea, yeah. <laughs> but I do absolutely love to bake. So I'm, I'm already trying to figure out as soon as I, I'm in some classes right now, and as soon as I turn in all those final papers this week, my list of things to bake is lengthy, and I need to figure out where those baked goods need to go because oh, I probably can't eat that many I think cookies. Wendy and I are, could put our <laughs> hands up right now. Right? Uh-huh. Thank goodness the, um, the Postal Service is, is fully operational right now. The so. Postal yeah. Service? <laughs> Also, her car. She could just drop them off at our house. Yeah, feel free. Just... <laughs> um, I've also seen parishes that are doing interesting things like um, you can pick up a kit and mm-hmm. they have like a candle in it and prayers for the family. And then you can do the virtual um, get together online and like do the prayers together and light your oh. candles and things like that. And then there's another opportunity um, through, oh, Jen, you're going to have to remind me of the name of it. Um, on Christmas Eve, it's an inter, um, interdenominational Ooh. silent night gathering. Have you seen this, Wendy? At, mm. um, they're asking everyone to light a candle, and at, I believe at 9.09 p.m., um, asking people to go out on their porches and sing Silent Night. And um, we're advertising, we're letting people know about it in our newsletter. But it is a, um, some parishes are participating in that, we know, because they contacted us to let us know. And it's an interdenominational thing. And so um, we'll have information about that as well if anybody's interested. Something so simple just to light a candle and sing. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. It is Simply Silent Night Chicago is it, the yeah. organization, and it's Chicago Land United in Prayer is the sponsoring organization for it. And um, I think they I'm, have radio stations that are going to actually play, play yeah. Silent Night at that exact time here in Chicago. And huh. the website's really easy to find for this because it is just silentnightchicago.com. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, music, right? And, and you know, I think, you know, no matter what kind of, what style of music you enjoy, I mean, Christmas and music just go together. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, to find creative ways to uh, make music together, you know, we never thought it would be possible, but it's it's very possible you and know, it's heartening. A funny story, just quickly as we wrap up here, as we were driving back from St. Louis when I had to go get my daughter in March um, when the campus closed down St. Louis University and we were driving back in one of the radio stations we were listening to, just started playing Christmas music. He said, I know it's March, but with the pandemic, we all just need to feel better. And so he took a listener's suggestions for Christmas music in March. And we sang along the whole way back from St. Louis. So you're right. Christmas and music go together. So thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Both of you have a very Merry Christmas and a happy Advent that gets us there. Happy week three of Advent. Uh, Happy week three of Advent. (laughs) Blessings. God bless. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media. Well, I'm on